0: The following is an
1: Will presentation.
0: Welcome to The Marrow, conversations with creatives about who they are and why they make what they make. I'm your host, Josh Reebok. Today I'm speaking with film director Alex Bay. Alex Bay, writer, director, actor. In some way, shape, or form, you have had your hand in films including but not limited to Warren Coffees, Three Women, Babe, Swing State, Backgammon, On and On and On. Thank you so much for coming on the marrow. Thank you for having me. And this you have to fantastic. you have to catch
1: a flight in like a couple hours so I I really am yeah. grateful. No, it's great. It was good to be up Any, I was like I was going to be up early anyway, so Yeah, it might is as it well. is
0: early here in New York City. This is uh I'm looking behind me and the sun is just kind of coming it's, up. It's beautiful. Now, where, it's nice. now, you are going where
1: you you are going from New York to where? I'm actually going to Phoenix to celebrate uh, to do Thanksgiving there. My grandmother turned 97 last week, so um, wow, she was able to see the Cubs win the World Series uh, in a lifetime, which <laughs> oh, yeah. she wasn't able to before that moment. She's a Cubs fan. She is, yeah. She's a Chicago and um, or did a lot of time did a lot of time in chi Town. So, but, but your your entire family is your entire family like rooted in Chicago? Yeah, from Chicago, born and raised, uh, raised in a town called Winnetka. And then uh, I was. uh, Then I've been down in LA. I've been in LA for nine years now. What's it been like? I mean, aftermath of the Cubs winning the World Series. I mean,
0: we're we're what like a few weeks removed now. I mean, has the glow? Has the glow worn off yet, or or not yet?
1: (laughs) You know, it's. uh, We've all been talking. We we were all high. We were all high. We were all pumped. Everyone was excited. It's been an amazing, like, the town's exploding. And then, you know, the week later, with uh, we had the Trump situation. So, so it was kind of a weird deflation, but also, like, like maybe that was just part of the universe. It had, in order for—it just couldn't— Retribution. It, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it comes when—people always said hell would freeze over, yeah. the world would end. Maybe this is all part of a longer kind of apocalyptic yeah. kind of, like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but— right. But yeah, it, it, it's been – I mean it's it's actually – what's wonderful about it is it's a source of truthful like success that yeah. after a long, long yeah. period of working hard and and hoping for something that it actually can happen. Yeah. And I mean it doesn't have to take 108 years but it's a moment that actually I think personally seems to have shifted the, the – the world. I mean, like, it, it, <laughs> right. if Chicago can, yeah. if Cubs right. can win the World <laughs> right. Series. Right. Chicago like can't handle that. They don't yeah. know what to do with that. They're like used yeah, to complaining yeah. and used to like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ch- wh-
0: Chicagoans aren't even used
1: to enacting the muscles required to smile yeah. and scream for joy. Totally typical despondency. Well, no, yeah. I, mean, I had friends that like I had friends during the during the, the Giants series, uh, the first round, you know, right? Saying like, that's it, it's over, it's gonna be done. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, do you want to be right? Do you want to be right about this? Like, seriously? Right. Do you, like, what right. do you want to get out right. of that? Do right. you want to be right? Right. Like, exactly. We're not. No, it's not. We're not going away, and exactly. I think Fowler at the beginning of the whole thing was like, "I don't know who's going to do it, but someone's going to do it. We're gonna, someone, one of us oh, is going to win the World Series," and it was like.
0: It was huge. It was so... Well, and seeing, for me, I mean, I was, uh, my wonderful wife and I watched it from our apartment. And we have a dog named Ditka. So we're... We, no we, way. We've maintained our, our Chicago athletic allegiance. Are
1: you deep Chicago guy? Or what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, where are yeah. you from?
0: Well, I mean, Chicago, Chicago area. Yeah. Born in near Joliet in Frankfurt. And then grew up western suburbs like Naperville, West Chicago, Wheaton. Dude, I love yeah, it. High we're high fiving. We're doing that our mics. We're yeah, and your wife is she involved in Chi-Town at all? Oh right? yeah, yeah. She's she's from uh, DuPage County. as Get well. Get out of town. It's great. Yeah. Well, and so so we're there, and you know, or in our apartment, and we're watching Game Six and Game Seven, and I I was trying to remember because the like I remember the Bulls winning the titles in the '90s yep. and the mm-hmm. Blackhawks, um, and and then I I I have some faint memories of the Bears winning it. Um, yeah. You know, the 85-86 sure. season. I was three. But, but but Alex, like, watching Chicago celebrate like that, like, I mean, on, on just the athletic side, like, it was awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, you, I mean, you were saying, like, it felt like th- there was something, like, that felt, to me, so significant. And watching the fans and hearing people talk, yeah. like, there was, like, there was a little more to it than that. Like, there was, I don't know if oh. you heard this, there was the one story... And, and I'm, I'm sure I'll probably um, botch some of the details, but it was about a man, and I want to say he was in his 60s or 70s, maybe even older, and I think he lived in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he had made a promise to his dad before his dad died that if ever the Cubs got to the World Series, they would listen to it together on the radio. And so the man, um, when when Game 7, I think, was rolling around, he drove from North Carolina— to his dad's grave in Indiana. Wow. And there is a photograph of him at his dad's grave. Wow. During game seven with the radio playing. And you just kind of hear that stuff and you just go, you just... there's like more, t- there's just a little more to it. Like I, I actually started like, I, I did genuinely start crying. Up. I just <laughs> felt they, they... emotional hearing that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, man. I, I, I you know, uh, my brother passed away in 2009 mm. and, when they got to the World Series, it was like I started crying just because it was just mm. it was just so like you wanted I wanted him to yeah. experience that or just people yeah. that my grandma my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago and he was ninety four it's like mm. you're just he took me to my first Cubs game you know what I mean wow. like it was yeah. one of those things and Rig- at yeah. Wrigley and 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 mm. I I uh, I was raised on we were all I mean we 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 listened to that you know Harry yeah. Carey growing up and all that I mean there's something about the Cubs. Uh, that everyone kind of feels that way. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, you know, not to take the attention off the Cubs right now, but yeah. it's like you know, people have that, like the the Yankees and and, mm-hmm. the, and the Red Sox and things like that. There's these teams that you just kind of have this. Yeah. Um, and there's something about baseball that um, I'm not. It's funny. Like we're talking about baseball, which is so funny. But yeah. I, I I guess baseball has been a big part of my life, even though it's I'm not like a sports guy. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't sit in like. But I've gotten I've gotten I've really it's been good for me because yeah. uh, of what I do, just uh, there's a lot in l a you're just constantly like everyone's constantly talking about business and things like mm-hmm. how to get a project going blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so it's nice to like and i've I've actually never identified myself with someone who needs to escape into sports. I just yeah. never have, but like you know, the Blackhawks have been huge the last you know seven yeah. years or whatever it is and and that's been a good thing and then and for the city and and then with the Cubs, it's just like, yeah, it was. It was like there was something about it that just yeah. had uh, There was something more to it and more meaningful and and
0: uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, our audience can't see this, but you're actually wearing a Cubs. You're wearing a Cubs hat, but even in, hat in your in your work, like there are these thumbprints of Chicago and so much of it. But but I mean, what was life like for you growing up in Chicago? I mean, I mean take me into your home okay. as a kid. Okay, t- sure. Let's get in there. Um,
1: <laughs> So, I was raised in Winnetka, Illinois. Um, I I was born in the city in Chicago, and uh, my father, uh, I you know, my father had these uh, old Porsches. Growing up, uh, he had a nine twenty a nineteen seventy eight nine twenty eight a black uh, nine twenty eight Porsche, and he had a nineteen sixty seven nine eleven Targa, and then he also had this little detail here. He had a nineteen sixty six three thirty GT two plus two Ferrari. Sitting in the garage, and we had this small house in Winnetka, you know and um it was not a great it was a s it was just a really weird upbringing he hmm. you know he he had these awesome beautiful cars but uh then and my mom was uh went was a teacher at the art institute of hmm. Chicago and then became after after i was born um she quickly had to go back to work because um, hmm. of certain things that were going on with my dad, I guess, and and financially and things like that. And it wasn't all like roses after that, yeah. you know. And and uh, hmm. and he was a trader uh, in the at the board of trade in the '80s and the '70s, and you know, he worked. At, he was a writer for Reuters and. Uh, and so I was kind of born into this uh, heavily financial, like, issues that they were having, but also, yeah. like, my dad was deeply in the financial game. So it was mm-hmm. like money was a big deal, yeah. but also, like, this difficult thing that we'd never, like, that didn't work for our family. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't like yep. we grew up at Wendek and had right. this wealthy upbringing. You yeah, know? well,
0: I, I was going to say, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh-huh. you're, you're talking about maybe having a, you know, it, relatively speaking, a sense of financial
1: instability mm-hmm. in an environment where it's fairly affluent around you, right? Correct, correct. Um, and and this has been a, a source of like, I mean, we're getting we're getting into it, uh, but it's been a source of like confusion, probably grow, growing up in a town yeah. like that, around a lot of people that yeah. you know, money was no issue at all, mm-hmm. um, even though it was probably more of an issue than you knew, or you know what I mean? Right. There was, sure. so, and people all have their issues that yeah. you don't know what's really going on mm-hmm. underneath, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, then I, you know, then I had a sister, my sister Cassie, uh, who uh, is two years younger than me, um, and. Um you know, we're best friends, and we actually shared a bedroom growing up. It, you know, until yeah. certain until certain ages started yeah. happening. You know, and then shared a bunk bed, and, and used to keep each other up late at night, laughing hysterically, and getting in trouble, getting sent out to the stairs to sit on the stairs. That was the punishment. You got to go sit on the stairs. Wait, like, what, what if you would send the other sibling? No, out? no, no. no. That we would get in trouble for laughing and oh, keeping oh, each other up, oh, okay. and then it would be you know go sit on the stairs, oh, okay. which was like gotcha. this like arbitrary, bizarre punishment. <laughs> Yeah. And it was cold out there, so like it was miserable, and um, I don't know what that was. But then uh, we had our brother Chase in 1989, and uh, and and Chase, uh, you know, when he was three, he was diagnosed with this kidney disease called nephrotic syndrome, and so we we uh, kind of navigated that and kind of grew up. I was I was I guess in '93, I was ten or nine. Or Ninety, whatever, somewhere in there, nine or ten, and and um, and just kind of like wasn't sure what was going to happen, if mm. you know how how that was going to affect him, how it was going to affect us, like. So we had this kind of like you know weird situation growing up where it wasn't uh, clearly you know a really great financial situation, but also like now we had this health problem with my brother, mm. and so this mm. kind of thing of like the you know not always fitting in not always feeling you know and, and 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 I had a hard time with you know friends growing up and kind of feeling included and and uh we're probably going to talk around, and try to guide, try to keep me on path here. Yeah. But the, you know the things that I resonate yeah. with as far as like even like the John Hughes pictures are like Cameron and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who has this great mm-hmm. lives in this great house, like wealthy upbringing, but like father loves his car, hates his wife. You know what yeah, I mean? It's right. like this weird, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. confusing thing I think for yeah. a lot of kids, and and, fi- and working and and being successful there yeah. is a, such an important thing yeah. to a lot of people. Well, and so in the midst.
0: I mean, in the midst of all that, um, I mean, m- maybe what at times felt like some instability, just not not only financially, but just mm. in your family dynamic and mm. some of the health of your brother. Mm. And when did you start to gravitate towards um, the arts and towards film and towards writing and towards comedy?
1: Uh, so my mother is a drama teacher, so mm. and she's one of the funniest people on the planet, <laughs> and um, Early on, Saturday Night Live was a huge thing. Early on, Blues Brothers, when I was two, at a Thanksgiving dinner at our cousin's place in Winneka, downstairs in the basement, was on, and I was fixed. On huh. it. I couldn't... I needed to see it all the time, and as well as Ghostbusters, I remember we taped the we had a beta of Ghostbusters oh, yeah. and Blues Brothers, <laughs> and would have it on as much yeah. as possible in my house yeah. with beta yeah. tapes, you know? yeah. Sure. And um and then and then I was I went to Greece when I was young, mm-hmm. Greece the play. Not I haven't been to Greece, oh. uh, Athens, okay, got gotcha. the, yeah. the, the, the country, and I saw Greece early on, and I loved it. I just yeah. loved like the Converse, like the leather jackets, the cool yeah. ki- like all the stuff I thought was awesome. The pink catalog, like like it was just so interesting to me and I always was so moved by theater and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. musicals. And, yeah. um, it was, it was, it woke me up. It yeah. woke my heart up all mm-hmm. the time watching that kind of stuff. And I, I, I was exposed to it a lot cause she, I would come and visit her class and be, a, you know, part, part, you know, take a part of the class at times and like, yeah. you know, do acting classes with, mm-hmm. with at my mom's school, Francis Parker in, uh, Lincoln park. And, um, and I think it was it was then that I started to go like how do I even what do I do how do I even navigate the navigate this and into high school and 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 I, in middle school I played Mike TV in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yes. Willy Wonka yeah yes. and um and I loved it loved the experience and then it just was so difficult to navigate being trying to like main trying to be friends with people trying to feel connected and fit in but also like maybe do theater but I, it was so, it was such a, it had such a stigma, yeah. that I didn't want to add more mm-hmm. madness, so I didn't do theater in high school or anything. I didn't do it, but um, I didn't know how to even get in. I didn't know how to get into theater at all. It was mm-hmm. weird, so I weird. I oddly, I went to University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. and um, I had been really involved in like, you know, with with youth group and stuff I was like kind of started to do the the skits here and there they would have me do this thing or there was like a thing called young life where I would like perform okay and and be you know uh, do skits and things and I started to get a lot out of that and um it, it became kind of a thing but then um I my friend in in college was like producing a play directing a play and she she said you I want you to audition for this part and I was like okay I don't know sure all right I, I haven't Done a play since middle school, and I mean, when she proposes to you, are,
0: are you, I mean, is your yeah. is your heart responding instantly with like excitement or terror or like I want to run away? Like, like what was your instinct when she made this proposal to you?
1: Um, it was a little bit of like, yeah, r- running away, but also like there was something saying I should do this, and I and I and I it felt right to me to do it, um, and it mm-hmm. felt like a natural progression of where I needed to go, but I didn't mm-hmm. know even. Uh, I didn't even think about it. Mm. And I just went in there and did it. And I got the part. And um, I was in rehearsals in the, we, you know, I got the part. I'm in rehearsals. I'm looking to this actor, theater kid next to me who's done the whole game, the theater game. Yeah. And I was like, Is this acting? And he goes, Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I'm in. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And I knew right there, I was like, mm. This is it for the rest of my life. I had a mm. moment, which is, I think, I'm grateful. Uh, I, to even have had a moment of like you know definitive this is what you're supposed to do, yeah. and I was kind of trying to find it in all these other things, and I maybe even like I thought it, you know I thought it was gonna be like a youth maybe a youth group leader or something a youth yeah. path you know something like lead kids, in be a be a good mentor, but also like you know it's 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 you're a little bit it's a little bit theatrical because you're up there like speaking and like. Mm-hmm embellishing on certain things or like talking about certain things and like you know and then and then and then there's an element of like you know performing of some sort but I I then I was like but that's not all of it for me I think I can get all of that and more and I started to see an expansive Mm. abundant endless possibilities and I Mm. think any you know I don't know but it feels to me like if you find something that you can see completely endless potential in that might be the thing that you're supposed to do yeah right um and um I, I I just I could I, I could go write books after I could be an actor and, and a director and make movies yeah. and also write books and yeah. go on book tours and yeah. talk about that yeah. and talk you know be on shows and yeah. interviews and do you know I, that yeah. that for me was like I could do all of that. so so it,
0: when this so when this happens, I mean from that moment on, I mean, I mean, to hear you describe it that way, it sounds like this was the the launch point and you you have, I mean really since that point in time, relentlessly pursued this, I mean, with, with a lot of your life.
1: Yeah, it was a moment that uh, I, I saw final I, an absolute direction. And oddly, that later that year, I'd, I'd been at a dinner in January of 05. Weirdly, I remember all the... I, I weirdly remember timelines <laughs> and stuff. And, and and long story, I went... I In 04, I'd given my brother a kidney in December 04. So I was recovering mm-hmm. from this. Another long story, but... I was recovering from that and went to this dinner and I was in Nashville oddly. Uh, the Surgery was in Chicago, but I was in Nashville and I was at dinner with some friends and and we were all at this table and I'd been introduced to this guy named Barry. He's like, "You want to go to Africa?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, we're all going in uh, July." I was like, "Cool, I don't, sure." What What are we talking about? He's like, "You just got to raise thirty five hundred bucks and uh, you know." And I was like, "All right." And it was this odd intro into like hmm. raising money. Hmm uh and i went and at the bottom like at the southern tip of africa after being there for like 30 days we were we were we were just checking out like cape town and the southern we were just on the southern tip of africa looking out at the ocean i just felt like this moment of like go to Hol- go to hollywood go to yeah. go to los angeles and you know it's i just felt this like culmination of a desire i'd always loved you know california and I'd been out there a bunch and, and in L.A., and, and there was, you know, I had tour managed this friend of mine named Matt Wirtz and um, we were being kind of like, these managers were, were courting him and trying to, like, you know, sign yeah, him. Sure. And one of them was a guy named Pat Magnarella who managed Goo Goo Dolls mm-hmm. and, and Green Day, and he had, you know, put us up. And I remember one morning I was picked up at, at 6 in the morning in a town car and just driven down Sunset. I was like, this is it. I got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. How do I do this? It was 04. And... So I had these seeds planted along the way. Um I'd been to Second City. I'd seen that. I grew up watching Farley. It was Saturday Night Live was a yeah. huge thing oh, for yeah. me and I'd oh, yeah. always kind of been around like my, my you know. And and I guess to answer your question the long winded way around was comedy was always a source of of escape and refuge and and mm-hmm. and, and not even escape just part the language we spoke, you know. Yeah, it right. was it was Funny in our household because yeah. we had to kind of make light of we wanted we made yeah. light of what was going on and yeah um and and our weird relationship with my you know yeah well i i remember you know it's it's
0: interesting to hear you say that because um so in two thousand seven my my mom and dad both died a few weeks apart oh man sorry and wow. and i remember um i mean amidst amidst the kind of predictable moments. I mean, you having lost your brother, know this. I mean, there's the, there's the kind of grief and mourning that you can almost foresee. Um, but not exclusively, but it was these odd moments of comedy, Mm -hmm. um, spontaneous, often just clumsy moments that so often kind of rescued my sisters and I on like a daily basis. Like I even remember at my mom's funeral. So, um, you know my dad died w- weeks before her she dies and we're like back in the and and it's horrible you know it's like you're in this terrible greeting line and eating these oh yeah sandwiches that don't even taste like anything and talking to people and ever like and everyone's whist- like it's just an awful awful environment sure. a lot of people know what that's like but <laughs> but i remember someone coming up to my sister my older sister and my mom died of cancer mm. and someone comes up to her and they go um, so you know does cancer run in your family and my sister goes no and, and this woman looks at her and she goes it does now <laughs> what? It's, it's like the my worst God. what an awful it's, it's like the worst thing to say but but what's funny is it's the worst thing you could say but as soon as my sister comes over and tells my sister my other sister and I my younger sister and I it was this it provided this release and we got sure. to laugh and just go, what an, like, what ter- that, that's yeah. about the worst thing. Like on yeah. a scale of one to a hundred, you just hit like negative 70. you want Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say. yeah, for sure. But, but oddly enough, it's like that, those clumsy words mm-hmm. became some of the most comforting, far more than the people are like, Hey, if you need anything, right. Because it became this, like, like you said, this moment where you got to kind of come up, get some air yeah, and almost be like reminded, like, I'm going to survive this. Like, we're going to see another side of this. Yeah
1: and and that's life you know it's like it, it, these these clichés uh are true because they they started from a truth you know the, the, it's always darkest before the dawn and i yeah. mean that's that's tr- that's true like yeah. you have to believe that you it doesn't get darker and darker and darker dog <laughs> right. you're right. good man yeah. like it right. is going to get lighter yeah. it does only get lighter it yeah. only gets lighter I, yeah. I, I i believe that i believe that i i think that that's the natural state of the universe too. I think the way things work is just that it feels like yeah. I I would I would hope you know what I mean. It feel
0: like, so. Uh, is and is that one of the reasons you feel like comedy is so
1: essential as an art form and and to us as a culture? I, absolutely. I think it's my side of the spectrum it's where i it's where i it's where i live you know and 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 some people live on the darker side or the 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 sad side or the drama side and that's fine i mean that's beautiful too but there's moments of beautiful levity that you are just need you need to release that tension uh i remember i remember just after my brother died we were all hanging out in our place and um my mom's place and it was it was where everyone came and hung out you know for a week Mm -hmm. or two and i was just i was and my mom like was literally entertaining like a room full of people like doing these like kind of dances. You know, she was like dancing. <laughs> yeah. She's like theatrical and she's funny. And she's like – she was just like kind of – you know, doing like these like kind of Broadway style like – you know Box like, steps
0: and – Yeah, yeah and... exactly. And like kind
1: of like uh, very theatr- theatrical. And I, I still have this great image. I remember the night he passed away, I had flown in. And, and he was 20. Is he was right? 20, yeah. yeah. And I remember the night he passed away – um, I got a call that morning, and of course, just like a mess. But we came back to my mom's place, just my mom and I, and um, and she was in the hallway. We were just so sad, and she like had her automatic, you know, toothbrush in her mouth, and like the mo the timing of like her clicking it on, you know, it was just like hilarious. It was just this weird kind of moment. It was just like, so yeah, I think you know. There's comedy. God is God. 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 You know. There's laughter. You know. God laughs, or there's times of, of laughter in the middle of darkness, and I just feel like it just feels like part of the ebb and flow of well, like, and how the way and, things work. And your
0: your work, um, it is funny. I mean, and I, and I think all that you're talking about comes through mm-hmm. in in your work, whether that's uh, you know your short film. Uh, coffee's where in the opening scene you're even you're you're trying to climb over this fence mm-hmm. to see a girl that you're kind of unwilling to let go of, even sure. though she has clearly, as you watch, yeah. moved on. Moved and, along, yeah. And you're doing it while trying to balance these lattes. And and you know Kristen and I uh, watched it last night, and I love where you're climbing over, and it and it looks kind of just from the untrained eye, almost like a a Beverly Hills like mm-hmm. environment, mm-hmm. Um, and and you climb over this gate. And then right when you get down the other side, the gate opens because sure. it's, it's motion censored. And so I think that that comedic sense um, that you talk about to me that that bleeds through. And not only that, and I and I want to ask you about this, mm. um, but you clearly have a deep affection for your family. Mm. And 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 to me, that sense of family comes through like in a in your film. Warren, which you won best director for at the at the Bel Air Film Festival, which is just amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, But that sense of family really comes through and and that sense of comedy and that sense of love. And and my I think my question um, that I'm slowly limping towards here (laughs) is, is I see all that when I watch your work. Mm. But when I see your work, I don't feel like you depict those things, those really kind of critical human elements in a way that's cheap or in a way that's false Mm. so i guess my question is when it comes to comedy when it comes to depicting family when it comes to depicting love what does it look like for you to capture the honesty in the midst
1: of these scenes and in the midst of these stories yeah for me it's like it just feels like the gate. you know you just check the gauge when it's like when it's off and it's not true it's 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 subjective a lot of the time but i don't want to say it's objective because but it seems like there might be an objective understanding, possibly, of what mm. love is and what what's funny. What I, funny is definitely it, you know. Has a there's a spectrum of what's funny to people, mm-hmm. and what isn't. But, mm-hmm. um, I guess I just try to stay into what's true in the moment, yeah. and 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 if I always just I love casting funny people, mm-hmm. ca- like naturally funny actors that yeah. are just. Naturally goofy in what they do and how they deliver certain lines. You know, Gene Smart just is a funny person. She's yeah, right. she's uh, rich with emotion, but also has funny ways of delivering. Just the way she right. talks about things, mm-hmm. and and John Hurd as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, P.J. Byrne is someone I like to work with a lot. And P.J. just naturally like is hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I love the idea of casting people that are are funny in their daily life and and having them talk have a real conversation and out of that would would be would would comedy would would come writing jokes isn't always isn't really the thing that i'm always i'm not really always writing jokes you know i'm writing true scenes and then i think comedy comes out of these scenes and Mm -hmm. i i think i think i mean my dad is just goofy i mean he's just a An interesting fellow, I'll Mm -hmm. say. And and his natural thing is very veering into sarcasm a lot and kind of and and that would be funny. It mm-hmm. is funny mm-hmm. to be, you know. Oh, sure, yeah. It's the pedal on. You can do it. It's the pedal on the right. You can do <laughs> yeah, it. You know, at a right. stoplight. It's like yeah. you know how to. Do, you can yeah, do this. It's yeah. like <laughs> that for him is like yeah. a natural response to someone sitting at a stoplight. You yeah, know, right. not going. He's like, you know, you got this here. <laughs> you can do. It. You know, it's like, and that's the kind of stuff that I would grow up with. This like yeah, ridiculous right. sarcasm that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, naturally, uh, yeah, and yeah. then you know, you, you yeah. hope it's funny to be. Pe- I guess. Yeah. You know, and and I, I always liked my natural kind of state was to make people laugh, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I always kind of joke my my goal in life is not just to 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 do well and and you know maybe maybe be successful, raise a family, and all that stuff, but also to just make people spit take if I can. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I can make if I can make you spit take, like I'm doing my work. You know, <laughs> it's right. like that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. Well, and there and there's something about
0: you know. I mean, what what you do? I mean, you, I mean, you write as well. I mean, mm. certainly in that environment. But the way you're talking about directing or acting, and for me, my primary craft is writing. Sure, there's something about you know trying to seek almost like the 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 core of what you're talking about. Like, and and to me, that's the greatest challenge of writing any scene is the basic question: What is this scene about? Right. Like, it's it to me, it's much easier to go, well, they're talking, or I can make it interesting. But to say, what is this scene really about? And um, I, don't, I don't remember who said it, um, but, but the saying that art is the elimination of the unnecessary. Yeah. And to me, there's there's a similarity. There's a parallel between that and honesty. Yeah. And writing something that's honest and going, how do I eliminate all unnecessary facade? How do I uh, eliminate all unnecessary cliche? Yep. Any unnecessary triteness? How do I eliminate any impulse to make this prettier than it really is. Yeah. I mean in that way, I mean in, in that way it's like honesty like writing or like acting or directing or painting. I mean honesty is also a craft. It's like you're sculpting this thing down mm-hmm. to its essence so yes. that people can kind of engage it in a way that resonates with their life experiences. And, and to me, I mean that to me that's like the remarkable undertaking mm-hmm. of art. I mean it's how do you, how do you take a photograph of somebody and have it be honest and capture that person or that moment or that that mm-hmm. sunset or, or whatever it is or a dancer to go. How do you capture honestly? Forget pretty. Forget what it's supposed to be. Sure. Forget presuppositions. How do you just eliminate all that unnecessary stuff and capture something at its most fundamental level?
1: I, I think if you're asking that question, you're in a good. You're in good. You're in a great place. If yeah. you're a, If you're asking that question. With everything you do and of every fiber of your being, as you as you walk through life and going as you are going, asking that question of yourself, you're you're in a great place. If I'm writing the sentence and making sure that I'm not embellish, look, I, I was gonna say, and I'm not embellishing. I mean, why are you embellishing and asking why am I doing that? You know, mm-hmm. um, I always say like Ray Bands are cool, then they're cliche, but then they're cool. You know, it's like it, it's like they're just like if you the guys wearing ray-bans because he wears ray-bans not because you're trying to be cool yeah. it's cool it's mm-hmm. it's cool man mm-hmm. it's gonna be cool you know <laughs> and if you're going to ch- you know and, and sometimes it's 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 fate and luck, and, and you're just sometimes you just know when to push the button and yeah. click the camera, and that's when yeah. you, you know how to capture a certain right. style of uh, vibration of atoms at the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah, know. Right. That sounds right. crazy. It's like right. if you're a photographer and you just naturally crush yeah. it all the time. It's probably yeah. because you know when to hit that button. And
0: and I'm and tell me if I'm tell me if I'm wrong here, Alex, because mm-hmm. um, I'm am wrong I'm wrong, I mean, wrong I, frequently. I I, I understand, but, this. but I do I do think there's something about um, pain. Mm. that gives us a lens to truth. Whether we like it or not, whether we yeah. want that to be the case mm. or not, I do think there's a sense of where some of the things you have endured, again, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they're certainly not the only thing, but mm. have given you maybe additional eyes to see kind of the truth of a scene or a truth of a moment because you've, you've lived a lot of these things out and you know that they're far probably less pretty than oftentimes they're depicted to be.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, you just uh you've had enough yeah. of the bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. and you said I I don't I don't have time for, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need I don't need to make the joke funny. I just need to tell the joke, you know. I, mm-hmm. I don't need to make the scene funny. I just need to be in the scene. I just need yeah. to you know, paint what if you're a painter and you know, and it's good, it's good, you yeah. know, and and uh I I yeah, I think uh Pain is a, pain is a is a necessary part of beauty and yeah. and and funny and and uh, and uh, I remember I wrote an article called "Comedy's uh, Comedy's Latest Tragedy," which was about when Richard Pryor died. And I and I read that I wrote this thing for a long time ago. I think for like a a publication or something. And I was reading it again. I was like, wow, this is oddly channeled something that I still know about, still hmm. truthfully understand. Yeah. Um, but Richard, I think Richard, you know, said something like comedy is tragedy, you know, and for him, you know, or yeah. tragedy is comedy. It's just it is uh, if you don't find the funny in it, well, you better find it soon, or you're yeah. just gonna keep <laughs> being sad. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. and and, and right. at what point do you just let the sun come up? You yeah, know, and right. and allow, and enjoy the sun.
0: Well, and to me, that honesty in your in your work allow, allows me as an audience member to really bond. With it, I mean, I mean, cool. like to actually to actually like connect and go. I, I have felt that like that 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 feels like an echo of things in my own life. Like there's the there's a scene in Warren, and and we mentioned this when before we, we mm-hmm. came on the air, but um, where you who play kind of the primary protagonist, the son Warren, mm-hmm. um, in a family of two, yeah. the parents are divorcing. You're mm-hmm. kind of in in your meandering twenties, mm-hmm. and right. and really just so so everyone's on the same page and and let me try my best to give a synopsis and, into and, and however I butcher it, just pick the pieces up please. Um, <laughs> but to me as a viewer, it, it felt like the story, um, of, of a guy who's really wrestling with what does it look like to fully participate in my life, even when it's at its most difficult.
1: I love that. Yeah. And listen, I mean, this is a journey and, uh, I, I'm so grateful that I even got to make my first movie already. You yeah. know what I mean. A lot of people. Who the hell knows? It takes time, you know. And and um. But uh, yeah, that that's that was the that was the that was the attempt, if yeah. you will. And and every art, every piece of art is an attempt. Mm-hmm. Every paragraph and book and you know piece of writing or painting yeah. or film, all of it is an attempt. And if it works, it works. And yeah. um, to make the attempt is is I I mean I don't often. A lot of people give me credit for attempting for even embarking <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's lovely and I think yeah. a lot of people you know early on are, are always like, oh, you wrote a script, man hey, you, you at least you wrote the script, you yeah, know and that right. actually yeah, right. is true though yeah, that is right. a wonderful thing. It's yeah. like, but get the script made. get yeah, the movie right. made mm. and um if if the attempt for me was and and I think the attempt was to just I wanted to just talk about a moment uh, that I was dealing with a guy who's dealing with you know, parents divorcing struggling figuring out what to do doesn't want to become like his dad Mm -hmm. uh but also needs to embrace the things that are great about his father and Mm -hmm. and do the thing and maybe and live out the dream his dad never got to live out and and i just wanted to grab that moment you know and and i think like if you can if you have a moment that you want to talk about and you do it and you execute it i don't
0: you know well and that and that to me like that 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 does come through i mean there's a scene where you're fighting with your i mean yeah. you and your dad toward uh-huh. the toward the end of the film you go to the ground <laughs> wrestling and and there's this like kind of heartbreaking comedy to it sure you know, yeah. as, you, as you watch it cuz you, you i mean the golf course is such a place of etiquette and such a place I of like decorum and then to see these two grown men kind of right. tangling back and forth but it's heartbreaking but there's but there's one scene in the movie in particular that I want to ask you about that again I I kind of connected with and bonded with and I I, w- I would love to hear you talk about it more it's when um your character Warren after a hiatus from kind of the comedy improv scene, which mm. again has some echoes of, of your own life, the movie set in Chicago sure. and your time in Second City. But following his kind of return to improv, he is, he is seated after the audience is kind of filtered out. And he's at, he's at the bar um with with the club owner name i think his name's copley
1: yeah, copley, yeah Leonard and, copley and
0: and he's kind of talking to you almost as like a sage and he's having this almost like nostalgic moment reflecting back on his life and and i sense in listening to it that there's some regret for him about the things he didn't attempt yeah. and almost as a way to steer your character to avoid some of those same pitfalls he tells you follow the fear mm. And, and, and I mean, tell me about, tell me about that idea, mm. um, and, and how you implement that even
1: into your own life. Well, I mean, first of all, just, I, uh, you're, a fan, you're a great, you, you're you a great interview. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, 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 you have, you, you care and I, I love that. Um, and, and, uh, so thank you Josh for that. Yeah. Uh, just, it's, it's, it's great. It's very evident that you care about the de the deeper things, uh, Follow the fear is something that was introduced to me when I first started at improv olympic uh a theater that Dell close started with Sharna Halpern and both legends in the comedy world and Dell was an early uh you know innovator of 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 he basically I mean he's known as the godfather of improv essentially and hmm. Dell Dell used to say you know and that was the thing uh the first thing Jay Suko, my first teacher of improv uh 101 at, at improv olympic in Chicago on Clark Street next to Wrigley Field Um, was uh, Del used to say, "Follow the fear," and follow the fear to me, and I think uh, meant, and it can mean anything to you as it wants to be, but I think what he intended, possibly, um, is to get out, get out on stage, and follow the fear—the thing that scares you the most. Go after that moment in the scene uh if it's uh you're going to be a mechanic and you you know you don't know what mecha- what a mechanic does but you're going to just play it and be true about it and talk about the rotors and talk about the brakes or whatever it is and and uh I'm riffing there no but uh you know be be a mechanic be a truthful mechanic maybe be a mechanic that doesn't know a lot about cars and that's funny <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean right. if you don't know about cars don't know about cars and yeah, do it right. really well so follow the fear uh, for me was always just get the hell out there on stage and be as scared as you can and and mm-hmm. and go with that and own yeah. that and I think mm-hmm. that translate that for me was so powerful. When I first heard that, I I never forgot that and I said this is something that has to be one of Warren's like kind of what is it a quip or something, yeah. whatever this is something that and then Leonard Copley this teacher this improviser that I had seen so many of these guys that I. I care about and love, and it's not as tragic as I think people want to make it that they never got to do their thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, they never got to be famous or they never got to be a huge star. They just became great teachers that, yeah. you know, and, and if that's their, if their story is that they're upset about it, then that's their thing, you know, yeah, but right. like if you, you know, these guys, these people have been massive influences on million on 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 many many yeah. stars in the in in the business and uh, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a beautiful thing. But follow the fear was was also this thing I wanted to apply to life in general. It's like it scares the hell out of me. It was mm-hmm. scaring the hell out of me to move to L.A. and yeah. go out there and do it. But it, it was it was a necessary part of uh, the, the journey. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, and and for and for me, there there's something about like like I I heard that. Um, even, you know, that character saying that to your character in the mm-hmm. film. And, and, it, and it immediately took me to ask the question, not only creatively, but even just the context of my broader life, what am I afraid of? Yeah, yeah. And and how can I, how can I allow that to, to maybe alert me to some of the things I ought to pursue sure. or, or to some of the things that I've really spent too much time fleeing from? Right. But I think of some of the greatest decisions – um i've ever made and i made a lot of bad ones but some of the ones i'm most satisfied with were the ones i was most terrified to make sure are, you know becoming a writer and and trying to i mean i mean it, it, this all ties back into you know what we we're talking about with honesty i mean honesty mm-hmm. can be a really really terrifying thing i mean the notion of authenticity yeah is being, terrifying. being seen you know exposed and, yeah yeah and the, and the potential to be rejected in the midst of that or um i mean even even for me not 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 only asking you know the girl I would go on to marry, and you know we've been married for 11 years. But, wow. but, but just that even on a daily basis with her, even 11 years in, go what does it look like to let her in? Yeah, and that's scary, or or friends, or 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 whoever it is, but to like engage those things that are terrifying. Oftentimes for me, that's where I'm destined to grow most. I mean, for me, one of the criteria's in my um, kind of craft rubric like when I think what projects am I going to take on and mm-hmm. and for you it's even more so I mean when I take on a, a book project it's you know three to five year commitment and and you know for you I know with with some of the films you take on I mean you're talking about a, a, a decade or more it's 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 a long-term commitment bananas. But, but because of that one of the things that's essential for me is to say by taking this on am I going to grow in my craft? Is it going to force me to get better? Yeah. And even beyond that, is it going to force me to think deeper about life? Is it going to force me to reflect on things that I haven't reflected on? Is it going to force me to feel deeper? To um, Is it going to force me to maybe um, alter the way I view the world, yeah. the way I view people? But that doesn't happen unless there tends to be an element of fear in what I'm taking on. I mean, if it's just comfortable waters, I kind of remain the same, not yeah. only in craft but in character. By the end, right? If
1: it's if the water's not cold, you're not really going to swim much. You know? Yeah, you right. Gotta, you got to swim when it's cold. Yeah, right. got to Get to that. You got to get to shore. Right. The next shore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, all these projects have taken. You know, I remember looking back and being like, "Wow, these things have all been." even the shorts of all all the i mean they're all like 6 to 12 months i mean yeah, it's just right? at least and then 6 to 12 months if not years because of the writing started at like you know x year yeah. and then it became you know coffee's whatever it's it's uh Warren I started the notion in 03 wrote it in 2 days in 2006 got the financing finally in 2012 shot in 12 13 we edited 14 we did the festival's 15 were released so it's like you're talking like 12 years of just the process of just getting the movie mm-hmm. so i mean it doesn't always have to be like that uh but don't be alarmed if it is um yeah and the next one that's going right now we're putting together at the moment uh it, it looks hopefully that we shooting we're shooting early next year uh and this has been a notion since '08, and then i wrote it in 2012 and you know and now it's 2000 16 almost 17 yeah, almost 17 oh my gosh yeah it's but nine
0: years. Uh, but uh, but i i love i mean i i i really really do think your work is great i mean every, everybody please i mean you know find see warren see coffee see three women babe i mean all of all of alex's work it really it really is it's it's substantive it's really good work and i love the fact even getting to know you more that i see a lot of these things that could have become preventative to your work uh-huh. have become really um, dynamic points in your work. I mean, you oh, know, thanks. the the financial things you talked about in mm-hmm. the context of your family. Mm-hmm. Some of the things, um, maybe you feeling a little bit like you didn't fit in. I mean, all these things have gone to feed your work rather than prohibit it. And I think that's that's really a that's a, that's an amazing thing, man. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks it. so much for coming yeah. on, Alex. Uh, Alex Bay, writer, director, uh, actor. You got a plane to catch. Have a happy Thanksgiving, Alex. You, and too. you too. All listeners to the marrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful thanksgiving thanks so much for listening to the marrow to find me on social media for upcoming live appearances or to buy a book you can visit com. but please join me again next week